Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Continuing here on this Monday of the afternoon rush, Bobby, Mark, and Molly. Each weekday afternoon. You can catch the Al Wallace show from two to three, except next week. Al goes on a cruise. Molly goes on paternity leave. <laughs> Everyone just bailing here on the stage. Sorry, guys. Should have planned that one yeah. out better. <laughs> Come on, Molly. You knew Al was going on Come a cruise, on. Molly. That is disrespectful Man. for you of how you de- you planned this. All right, so let's go over to the guest line now and bring on Mr. Al Wallace. Al, good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Nah, we're doing well, Al. Let's start Panthers as the coaching staff continues to get filled out here. A lot of things happening uh, from Friday over the weekend. Uh, you got the new offensive coordinator along with other members of that offensive staff, but you got a running backs coach in Deuce Staley. You got a passing game coordinator in Parks Frazier. Of course, Frank Reich is the head coach. Are there too many chefs in the kitchen when it comes to this offense? <laughs> No, I don't think so. I think when you say it like that and you start listing all the names, you just have to think about who's going to be the play caller. I know Frank said that in his opening presser that, hey, I've done it. I enjoy doing it. I don't think we expect it for it to change. So what he's done is put a lot of eyes and ears and opinions in that that meeting room that can bounce, you know, things off of of each other and, and come up with the best game play each and every week so i'm not surprised that he's hired a bunch of young guys guys that he's gonna kind of groom for their next jump in the nfl but uh, there's not too many chefs in the kitchen he's going to be the guy that's going to make the final decisions he's going to call the plays It's going to be according to his plan and his expertise as a signal caller in the nfl and now i mean i was a former player yourself how, how much difference can a coaching staff make for a team and for a player for that team maybe to get better than where they were before a lot. It has to be the difference because you look at, you know, all 32 teams across the NFL, for the most part, they're going to have some pretty elite athletes. And what it boils down to is situational football. You hear that term all the time because it's what we do every single day in practice. It's the uh, individual drills. It's some technique. But more than anything, when it gets to the fourth quarter, inside of five minutes inside of two minutes is going to be the coaching staff that is able to adjust. It's able to process the information from the other quarters and and say, hey, how can we gain an advantage? And if you have a really good one, if you have multiple uh, coaches that are really good at situational football, you'll win games. And we just saw that a couple weeks ago at the Super Bowl, the job that Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo was able to do with the Kansas City Chiefs resulted in their second world championship. So I think it's huge 
huge, and Frank Reich's done a great job. Now, none of this is going to mean or amount to anything unless they can get the correct personnel in there to fit the schemes. Uh, Vero with that 3-4, you, you expect him to come out with that. And then Frank Reich, you know he wants to throw it, push it down the field, but it has to be based off of that offensive line and the running game that we saw at the end of Steve Wilkes' uh, time here with the Carolina Panthers. And with that, Al, since Frank Reich has done all of the right things right now on paper, does that put more eyes now on Scott Fitter and maybe more of that pressure here coming into this season since everything to this point very early on for Frank Reich has gone so right? Yeah, it should, Mom. It should, you know, give more attention to Scott Fitter and you know, maybe we can be a little critical of some of the decisions that he's made. Uh, I think he's made some good, some questionable, but at the end of the day, uh, again, you heard in Frank Reich's presser, you heard from Scott Fitter, they're looking at it as a true partnership. They're going to go into this evaluation period here, the combine, pro days, and try to find the best fit for what Frank wants to do. And, uh, you know, it sounds like Scott's going to have the, the final say on uh, who they bring into this team, how to fill that 53-man roster. And then, of course, Frank's going to be the guy uh, that, that's going to make the decision who's making the team, who's going to be out on the field, the starters, uh, have you. So I think if those two can build a great relationship, work together, have a, a solid, singular idea of what they want to look like when it comes September, I think they have a good opportunity of being successful. And that's going to translate to Scott Fitterer getting some more credit for what he's able to do as a true general manager i just i honestly think he was undercut in a lot of respects because of the power and the control and the decision making that matt rule was given by david tepper well and you've talked a lot on your show we've talked a lot about it with you at the the quarterback spot now for carolina the fact that you feel so good about this coaching staff everyone has a lot of positive things to say about this coaching staff could it or should it put more emphasis on then going out to draft a rookie quarterback because you have the right guys the right pieces in place to help develop help groom this guy and it feels like a good landing spot for anybody that's coming in here yeah i've said it since um you know this this process started it was all about excuse me maybe drafting a quarterback i think that's the decision that has to be made i'm not interested in any more of the veteran kind of reclamation projects where you bring a guy in and maybe it was the system maybe it was time to go at the last stop and we can get him in here i think a lot of that falls in in the category for me football coaching arrogance where you think that your staff and your Midas touch is going to be the one that turns a guy like Derek Carr around. I mean, Josh McDaniel said, no thanks. We want to move on. We want to get you out of here, and now he's free. Um, I think it just boils down to making a good decision if it's Anthony Richardson or it's Will Levitt or C.J. Stroud, whoever it's going to be, that they're the guy that Frank believes that he can develop, that he can uh, fine-tune, um, help him understand and process defenses on an NFL level, uh, deal with everything that comes with being the face of a franchise. And if they can do that, they're going to have their guy the next, um, you know, several years at least. And those two will be married together, head coach Frank Reich, as well as a new head uh, our quarterback. And that's how successful teams develop and win. Look at Cincinnati. Look at some of these other uh, Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts. That's how you become good really fast with young quarterbacks on that rookie contract that can really process and pick up the speed of the game in their first and second years. Al, I thought one of the more interesting coaching hires the Panthers have made uh, over the weekend was D'Angelo Hall, a uh, guy that's been you know, in the media for the last few years covering the league, but not certainly 
in the coaching ranks. Uh, what do you what do you make of that hire? And what does he bring to the table here? I love it. I love it for J.C. Horn, Dante Jackson, um, Jeremy Chin. They'll be able to be around the guy who was a big-time NFL football player, a great cornerback. Now, he comes with a big personality. I mean, we know him in that rivalry with the Atlanta Falcons and Steve Smith Sr. and how they went at it. But he's a, a smart guy. You listen to him, his previous stop at the NFL Network, kind of being an analyst and breaking down the game. I'm all for former players bringing that experience to the table, and it's invaluable. It's something you can't learn. It's something that can't be taught. And he'll be able to uh, hopefully be a good coach and a good teacher and pass that along to that young secondary that the Carolina Panthers have. So I'm excited to see uh, D'Angelo get in here and work with those guys. That experience is is something that I think is going to help tremendously with some of the young secondary pieces that the Carolina Panthers have. Al, elsewhere, uh, we saw towards the end of the year, it felt like the relationship between Lamar Jackson and the Ravens was not on the best of terms. You could kind of read between the lines when John Harbaugh would talk about it, was asked about him uh, as he was injured towards the end of the season. Sure feels like they're going to slap the franchise tag on Lamar unless they can somehow work out a deal, which doesn't feel likely right now. What is that relationship you think going to be like between those two sides going forward? I mean, it's business. And I think if you're a true professional, if you're Lamar Jackson, you, you have to separate the two. I don't think the relationship is bad between John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson. <clears throat> Maybe he wasn't a huge fan of Greg Roman, and that's why he's no longer the offensive coordinator. But I think what you're going to see is a guy that's going to be frustrated, like most athletes are, most football players that don't get that huge contract, that that big lump sum, that guaranteed money, that security blanket, if you will. And you, you'll see John and, and Lamar get together and say, hey, you're still, if you look at the numbers, yards, it's like $42 million that franchise tag is going to be. I think he can live with that. I think he'll be okay, and he'll get out there and have another opportunity, another year to prove it. He still has to prove that he can be healthy. He has not made it through an NFL season. He's kind of trailed off and gotten banged up the last couple of years, and maybe this year was more about this contract and, and some being unhappy in the place that he was financially and security-wise with his football team. But Lamar's going to be fine. I know, and I played for John Harbaugh. I think they'll work it out when it gets to the business of football, getting back on the field. Those two guys will find a way to do what they can to win. $42 million ain't a bad living. I don't care who you are and where <laughs> you are. He's going to find a way to live with it. Al Wallace here in the afternoon rush. Al supposed to be introduced on Thursday as Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. Do you like this move by Bieniemy? I understand the move, Bobby. I do understand the move. He's trying to free himself from the shadow of Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs, because he wants that opportunity. And for whatever reason, it seems like it's kind of been exclusive to Eric Bieniemy that he's not gotten the credit I think he deserves um, to, to possibly be a head coach. I don't like the move in the sense that it, it doesn't have Patrick and you don't have Andy. And I know Ron's going to get this team going. They do have a, a solid enough defense. And Brian, um, you know, Robinson at running back and Terry McLaurin that he can throw the ball to. So I think he's 
can go in there and scheme it up. They're going to win some football games, but you can't possibly get any better than the situation you were. It's unfortunate for B enemy. And we will never know why he's not been given a fair shot, a fair shake um, as a black head coach to get the job as a head coach in the face of a franchise. But hopefully in the back of his mind, he feels like this is what it's going to take. And, and I'm going to be rooting for him. I'm going to be pulling for Eric B enemy because I think it's well overdue for him to get his shot to lead a football team. Well, and just for Washington, what type of hot seat or seat does Ron Rivera enter uh, heading into the season? A lot, because now it's more pressure. And I know you just asked me this, but for Ron Rivera, what's the excuse now? I know there's so many off-field organizational things going on with the commanders. And then Ron dealt with some health issues. There's so many things surrounding that, that football team and that organization. And now you bring in a guy that I believe is a really good play caller, uh, offensive mind to get this team going. If it doesn't work, he's run out of reasons why they're not successful, and it falls on Ron Rivera. And you hate to look at a guy, especially a guy that I, I really respect. I know we all um, admire in certain respects Ron Rivera in going into a season as a lame duck coach. But, man, he's in the hot seat, and hiring Eric Bieniemy I think, puts the pressure on him to get this done and get it right. And he's expecting Eric Bieniemy maybe to come in and save his job. That offense is going to have to be electric. They're going to have to put up some points. They're going to have to compete with the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. And, oh, yeah, the Giants, too, in that division. So it's not getting any easier for Ron and Eric and who's going to play quarterback. A lot of uh, questions for the commanders this offseason. I won't get Bobby riled up with the dunk contest question. I will ask you about last night, though, in the All-Star game itself. It just felt like, look, we know not to expect a whole lot in that, but felt like last night was even worse than what we have seen in recent years. What did you make of last night? I mean, it is what it is. I think if you're expecting a lot out of any All-Star competition, it's just not going to happen. It boils down to, you know, a 60-minute, um, skills competition, who can shoot the most three-pointers, who can hit them from the deepest, and, you know, the guys go down there and do the dunks that are not going to participate in the dunk contest. Look, I, I like what I saw from Matt McClung. I mean, he did a good job of coming out of nowhere off everyone's radar and really making us feel good and stand up and cheer for a guy who showed some athleticism. And look, none of us expected this guy, a YouTuber, a TikToker, or whatever he is to come out uh, <laughs> that's not getting a lot of minutes and buckets in the G League to, to just be the story of All-Star Weekend. Um, I thought it was fantastic. I, the NBA has to figure this out. They can't make the guys participate. I agree with you know, all the guys who don't want to get in the dunk contest like John Morant, uh, it's, I think it's too risky. I've been an athlete. I'm not I'm not trying to make a 360 dunk for your Lame. enjoyment for the <laughs> reputation of, of winning a dunk contest trophy. Bobby's absolutely wrong. <laughs> you know, I had, to, I had to suffer through my show with his take, and I guess you guys wanted to revisit that. thought you were an athlete. You See? were a competitor, Al, but I guess not. <laughs> I guess you're going to eat some chicken. I compete tonight. for I compete for the checks that are going to come. Not that one hundred thousand dollars that McClung got. Good for him. Doubled his his uh, salary in one, uh, you know, contest. Awesome for Mac. I'm very happy for him and hope he is having a wonderful weekend. Al Wallace, you catch the Al Wallace Show two to three each weekday afternoon, and except next week here on the station. Al, always appreciate the time. Thank you very much.
All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. There you go. Al Wallace here on 730 The Game. We got an hour to go. What's trending up next?